48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. The health chief defends rules that allow more people to join a restaurant meal that can gather outdoors. Calls grow for the easing of restrictions at the Hong Kong mainland border. And officials say the graft watchdog will be able to act on election fraud at polling stations on the mainland. The Secretary for Food and Health, Sophia Chan, has brushed aside criticism that it doesn't make sense to let six people sit together in restaurants, but only allow four at public gatherings. She told an RTHK programme of the need to gradually ease restrictions and of the infection risk posed by public gatherings. Social distancing measures will be relaxed from Friday, meaning bars, restaurants and other venues such as theme parks can increase capacity from 50 to 75%. Infectious disease expert Dr Joseph Dung said the message may be confusing, but the government was trying to prevent a rebound of cases while respecting the needs of businesses. They tend not to release or relax the measures so quickly. But on the other hand, they try to satisfy or try to uh, meet up some of the expectations from the industries, from the catering service as well as the bar service. A government advisor on the coronavirus, David Hoy, said the authorities should allow the same number of people at outdoor gatherings as in restaurants. The Chinese university professor said this would avoid confusion. Meanwhile, microbiologist Ho Pak Leung of the University of Hong Kong said there should be no relaxation of the rules unless random checks show that restaurants are complying with all social distancing regulations. Pro-business lawmakers have called on the chief executive to use her visit to Beijing next week to ease travel between Hong Kong and the mainland to boost the SAR's economy. The Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker Jeffrey Lam says that the coronavirus situation on the mainland has stabilised and Hong Kong should explore allowing people from the mainland to visit without quarantine. It's already looking to exempt SAR residents living on the mainland from the requirement. Mr Lam also hopes the mainland will make it easier for SAR residents to visit, even though Hong Kong has not yet gone two weeks without local infections. The business sector, the professional sector and the finance sector and also many other sectors, including some that have elderly parents living in the mainland, they would like to go up to visit and to do business. So I hope there will be a limit opening for those people, not necessarily just one sector those that have a need. Meanwhile, the mainland reported its biggest total of local coronavirus infections in two weeks yesterday as an outbreak in Kashgar continued. There were 42 new cases, more than half of them in Xinjiang province. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Minister says Hong Kong's graft watchdog will have the power to take action on electoral corruption, even if the crime happens across the border. Eric Zung told a LegCo meeting that the SAR government is still studying the feasibility of setting up voting stations in Guangdong for Hong Kong people living there. Pro-democracy lawmakers have questioned how local agencies can enforce the law if voting happens outside the SAR. But speaking through an interpreter, Mr Zung said the legislation was clear. The ordinance applies to all conduct concerning an election, whether the conduct is engaged within Hong Kong or elsewhere. In other words, any person who engages in corrupt conduct or legal conduct breaches the law, no matter whether the conduct takes place in Hong Kong or elsewhere. ICAC will investigate relevant cases in accordance with the law and will carry out law enforcement actions, including search and arrest, depending on the actual circumstances of the case. 
A member of the University of Hong Kong's Governing Council, Eric Cheung, says he voted for the appointment of mainland scholar Max Shen as a vice president, although he regrets there weren't more background checks. Professor Shen, who begins his term in January, has denied being a Communist Party member. Mr Cheung, a legal scholar, says a panel should be set up to carry out due diligence on Professor Shen, but he voted out for him out of respect for the selection process. Overseas, the Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden has made a scathing attack on Donald Trump's handling of the coronavirus, saying he's failed the people of the United States by refusing to endorse social distancing or encouraging people to wear masks. Speaking in the town of Warm Springs in Georgia, a state the Democrats hoped to turn, Mr Biden said he could reunite a divided country. Anger and suspicion are growing and our wounds are getting deeper. It may, and many wonder, has it gone too far? Have we passed the point of no return? Has the heart of this nation turned to stone? I don't think so. I refuse to believe it. I know this country. I know our people. And I know we can unite and heal this nation. At a rally in Michigan, Donald Trump accused his opponent of misleading Americans about the pandemic in order to discredit him. They use it to make us look bad. But here's the story. It's COVID, COVID, COVID. You can't watch anything else. On November 4th, you won't be hearing so much about it. Okay? November 4th. On November 4th, you'll hear. It's getting better. It's getting better. You watch. No, no, they're doing heavy COVID because they want to scare people. A U.S. federal judge has rejected an attempt by the Justice Department to shield President Trump against a defamation lawsuit. Here's the BBC's Nada Tawfik. Judge Lewis Kaplan ruled that the U.S. Department of Justice cannot step in to defend the president and that he will be considered a private citizen in the New York case. Government lawyers said the president's statements while in office were made in his official capacity and came within the scope of his employment. But the judge rejected that argument. E. Jean Carroll accused Mr. Trump of raping her in a department store dressing room in the 1990s. Her defamation lawsuit claims he harmed her reputation when, as president, he later denied the attack and called her a liar. The founder of a cult-like group in the United States has been sentenced to 120 years in jail after being convicted of sex trafficking and other crimes. Keith Ranieri, the founder of the Nixium Group, was also fined 1.75 million US dollars. Here's the BBC's Terry Egan. Nexium was a purported self-help group based near Albany in New York. It promised a way to achieve happiness through self-improvement workshops that became popular in Hollywood and among business circles. But prosecutors said that its founder, Keith Ranieri, had created a secret sorority, as they put it, where female slaves turned over nude photos of themselves and other compromising material. These were used as blackmail if they tried to leave. Manny was sexually abused and even branded with his initials during secret ceremonies. The authorities in the Australian state of Victoria have lifted the COVID-19 lockdown. The state was at the epicentre of the country's second wave. Here's the BBC's Shami Khalil. Many of Melbourne's residents enjoyed a late night out for the first time in nearly four months, with restaurants, pubs and bars finally open. At midnight local time, COVID-19 restrictions were lifted across the state of Victoria. State borders remain closed, but the Premier of neighbouring New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, said she'll consider reopening them depending on the number of cases in the coming days. 
the lockdown has been devastating for Victoria's economy. But health officials say it's helped massively in curbing the second wave of COVID-19. A fire has forced the evacuation of half the patients at the biggest hospital in the Brazilian city of Rio de Janeiro. 200 people, including COVID-19 and transplant patients, had to be taken out as black smoke poured from the windows. Two patients have been confirmed dead. Here's the BBC's Alex Retson. Some of the evacuated patients had to be looked after in a nearby car tyre repair shop as firefighters tackled the blaze at the Federal Hospital of Bon Suceso. Rescue workers are reported as saying staff had to forget about the risks of coronavirus as they fought to get people to safety as the flames spread. While it's not yet known what caused the blaze, an official report last year warned fire safety procedures weren't adequate. And since last year, there have been another four fires, including one major one at hospitals in Rio. Four people, including two children, have died after their boat capsized as they tried to cross the channel from France to England. The migrants on board the boat are believed to have been Iranian. An official from the French town of Dunkirk, Herbe Tomenti, said 15 others who were rescued were being treated in nearby hospitals. Everyone has been evacuated. The rescue facilities here have been adapted to allow for the treatment of all severely or lightly injured people, and they have been admitted in hospitals around the Calais and Dunkirk area. The French Interior Minister, Gerald Darminin, has hit back at pressure from Turkey and Pakistan over France's clapdown on Islamists after the beheading of a teacher by a Chechen-born militant. He condemned them for meddling in French affairs. I think it should shock all of us that foreign countries think that French Muslims belong to them. Mr. Erdogan shocks us all with his statements, but there are others. I'm talking, for example, about Pakistan, which has been making barely veiled threats. An international team of scientists aboard a Russian research ship in the Arctic Ocean has discovered evidence that vast methane deposits in the seabed have started being released into the sea. Methane, a potent greenhouse gas, is 80 times more warming than cope carbon dioxide. Here's the BBC's Richard Howells. The joint Russian-Swedish expedition has been collecting samples of methane about 600 kilometres off the Siberian coast in the Laptev Sea. So far, most of the methane bubbles have been dissipating into the surrounding seawater. But measurements at the surface have shown levels of methane up to eight times higher than normal. Crater-like marks on the seafloor have also been found, suggesting that large bubbles of gas may be blasting out of the mud. The concern is that a substantial release of methane could accelerate climate warming. In financial news, Swire Properties has confirmed that it's in talks to sell its City Plaza One office tower in Taiku. Swire Pacific and its property subsidiary have suspended share trading pending the announcement. Local media say the deal could be worth $10 billion. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24.720. That's 68 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 104.29 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 10 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung. The Los Angeles Dodgers are the 2020 Baseball World Series champions. A come-from-behind 3-1 victory over the Tampa Bay race in Game 6 ended the Dodgers championship drought that had lasted 32 years. Tampa Bay's pitching change in the sixth inning will be questioned for years to come. 
Ray starter Blake Snell was dominant in protecting an early 1-0 lead. He struck out nine through the first four innings, a stat line only matched by the legend Sandy Koufax. But manager Kevin Cash pulled in with one out and a runner on first in the sixth. The Dodgers pounced on the move. Mookie Betts dashed home from third on an infield grounder to put L.A. in front. He also added a solo shot in the eighth to help the Dodgers win the first World Series crown since 1988. Corey Seager, who drove in the go-ahead run, was named World Series MVP. Seager batted 400 in the series with a pair of home runs, five RBIs, and seven runs scored. Now to football. Real Madrid are still without a win in the group stage of this year's European Champions League. They sit bottom of Group B following a 2-2 draw at Germany's Borussia Mönchengladbach. The BBC's Rob Schofield has more. With three minutes to go, Real Madrid were heading for a fourth straight Champions League defeat for the first time ever. Borussia Mönchengladbach 2-0 up thanks to a Marcus Turam double. Step up though, Brazil midfielder Casemiro, who assisted Karim Benzema before scoring the equaliser himself to salvage a point and save Real's blushes. Shakhtar Donetsk, who beat Real 3-2 on match day one, lead Group B after a gutsy goalless draw with Inter Milan. Atletico Madrid completed their comeback. João Felix with two brilliant goals to beat RB Sol- Salzburg 3-2, their second in Group A behind holders Bayern Munich, who won 2-1 away to Lokomotiv Moscow. Liverpool got past the Danish side Michelin 2-0 at Anfield through Diogo Jota and a stoppage time penalty from Mo Salah. The English champions topped Group C with a two-point advantage over Atalanta, who drew 2-2 with Ajax. Despite the win, Liverpool's defensive problems continued as Fabinho left the game in the first half with a suspected hamstring injury. Here's their boss, Jurgen Klopp. It's exactly the last thing we needed. Um, come on, in our situation, losing Fabinho in the first half, Reese Williams coming on, 19 years old, has now more Champions League games and Premier League games. I think that's pretty rare. So it was just a hard game to play. Winning it 2-0 is completely fine. And um, so, yeah, that's it. Let's carry on. Manchester City made it two wins out of two after cruising to an easy 3-0 win at Marseille. In the same group, Porto beat Olympiacos 2-0. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. The health chief defends rules that allow more people to join a restaurant meal that can gather outdoors. Calls grow for the easing of restrictions at the Hong Kong mainland border. And officials say the graft watchdog will be able to act on cases of electoral fraud, even if polling stations are set up on the mainland. And that's the news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 28th of October is today's date. And many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. Welcome back to him. And we do have a busy show for you. We're talking about eye health uh, on this Wednesday afternoon. In particular, we're talking about glaucoma, which is a disease that damages uh, the eye's uh, optic nerves. And we'll be chatting with Dr. Poman Chan, who's an assistant professor at the Department of ophthalmology and visual sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong and uh, after the two o'clock news we'll hear a short story called Edges. Now Edges is written by Marcus Leung Shea who was the third prize winner of the Hong Kong's top story competition last year in